You are listening to Inside Method, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a global consultancy. This is episode four of our human development series, and at Method, we want to help our people grow in their craft and serve our clients as best as possible. This series focuses on a variety of subjects that we believe help us do exactly that. In this episode, Dr. John Tudors leads a discussion with members of the Method team on the Enneagram. Now, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it's a personality assessment tool similar to many others that are out there like the DISC assessment, Myers-Briggs, or Strength Finders. This is a tool that we use at times at Method to help our people understand themselves better and engage with clients and teammates more effectively. I think we can all agree that learning more about ourselves and how we engage the world around us is never a bad thing. So with that, I think you'll enjoy the discussion. So let's jump in. Hey, good morning. Welcome to this next edition of Inside Method Podcast. We're going to be focusing today on Know Thyself and the Enneagram. Excited to dig into that. You're going to hear a ton of numbers, one through nine. We're going to be hitting all of them. We'll give you some definition on what those are if you haven't heard about this before. We're going to give you a little bit of insight into what it is, why it is, but excited to dig into knowing ourselves and knowing the family around us. I've got some characters with me. So I'm excited. I uh, hope you are. We're going we're gonna to dive in pretty quick and give you a little definition on what the Enneagram is and how we use it at Method. And so before we do that, I want to introduce a few folks, uh, some great guests we have here that really helped out with the workshops that we've had here at Method in, in walking about 170 of our folks through, which has been phenomenal. So Mark, I'm going to start with you. We'll go around the room and introduce yourself and then we will dive right in. So Mark, thank you for coming. Yeah. Um, I'm Mark Flowers. I am the head of our services team here at Method. Um, help run uh, all our people that work with our client projects, plus run the operations side of um, how we keep the business running. Um, I'm a five on the Enneagram. Are we going to go ahead and do that? Up sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, five on the Enneagram. Um, I may not stick around the whole time. We'll see. Um, but, That's about uh, right. Yeah. Now, and, and Mark and I, when we first started talking about this, this was probably three or four months ago. Um, we both got pretty nerded out on this. And, and then I started realizing there were other nerds uh, in, in method that, that really appreciate this. So Mark, I appreciate we brought you. brought you into the cult. Brought, yeah. we, we, we bringing you in. Brit. I feel like it was like, speaking of nerds. <laughs> there nerds. She, ta-da. Um, so I am an associate director of experience design here at Method and um, lead the Duke Energy account. And uh, I've been sort of in love with the Enneagram since the 90s when um, my mother brought home stacks of books about the Enneagram for stuff she was doing yeah. at work. Um, and then me and my mom and my sister just uh, just got super into it. Um, and so when I heard you talking about the Enneagram and wanting to do workshops, I was like, Enneagram workshops, that's me. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It's the marriage. Uh, I love yeah, it. And I'm a nine on the Enneagram with a mm-hmm. one wing. I love it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you being here. You're a big help uh, as we work through these workshops. So thank you. Doc. Yes. Brought you in out of the bullpen. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be up here. Um, yeah. My name is Doc Reed and I'm a senior product designer here at Method and, uh, my folks had personality, you know, workshops and materials that they would bring in, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, a lot of, t- you know, it was like, I didn't take to it quite as quickly as you did. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, coming around, realizing the extreme importance that it'll play in relationships and whatnot. So 
I'm a two with a, a three wing. Uh, surprised myself. I thought I was going to be more on like the arty, you know, <laughs> side of things. And uh, but uh, no. Doc knows himself. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. So as you can see, we've got an incredible cast. Um, Ashley McAllister also helped a ton with the workshop. She is at a midweek wedding, which we've talked about, which is kind of weird. But, uh, you know, everybody's got their style. So let's dig in. So let's talk a little bit. I know there's folks listening that really maybe haven't heard of the Enneagram or they kind of have or they've done other personality, you know, tests and and all that. So let's, let's talk about what is it? Uh, what do we think it is? We don't have to use all these pure definitions that are out there in research, but what do we think it is? Why do we think it's important? Uh, why do we do that here at Method? You know, I want to hit on a lot of that, and then we'll dig in a little deeper to the differences. So let's talk about all nine of, of the Enneagram numbers and, and what they are. And, and without notes in front of me, I remember the key words for each one, but understand there are nine different styles. And so I'm going to go around, around the horn on it a little bit just to get everybody level set. You know, one uh, is the perfectionist and and I won't go into any details with it, but there's a lot of specific traits around the perfectionist. Uh, two is the helper and and the opportunity of really understanding what a two is and what goes into that uh, is an extremely in, important aspect, especially when you go into three. Uh, three is the achiever. And so when we talk about three and most of America's three, we talk about that all the time. A lot of our education systems around around that as a three. When you talk about number four, um, I believe four is in, intrinsic. I believe it is is classified as there's a lot of art aspect to it. There's a uniqueness to number fours. They mm-hmm. they dance to their own beat uh, is is how it's described as four. Uh, five, I believe, Mark, is the is the investigator. Investigator. I've heard challenger, right? Those two were, isn't that, is, or is it? I think challenger might be eight. Sorry, challenger is eight. Yeah. See, this is where I, I screw up with the numbers, but five is uh, the investigator. Um, usually, and Mark's going to go into a little bit more on five. You've got to know the answers. You want to dig mm-hmm. deep. You want to, you are, there is a fear of not knowing and I'm going to, and I'm going to go in deep. And so five has a unique aspect six. um, And I'm trying to remember the terms that they use normally for six. Sometimes they call loyalists. Loyalists. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of sixes and I, you know, loyalist is an important aspect, especially in the types of teams we do here at Method. Uh, We do have, if you look at the wheel uh, and we'll share that of everybody here at Method, there's a heavy amount of, of sixes, which is an important piece, especially with a small company as you're bringing in mm-hmm. talent. Um, sevens, and, and I don't remember the term they use for sevens, but when I think of sevens, they, it's the, uh, where's the next shiny object? The enthusiast. Mm-hmm. The enthusiast. Yeah. The enthusiasm of uh, fear of missing out of what is the next big thing. Eight, now the challenger. Uh, and the challenger, you, you see the challenger in two facets, the way I've read it. There's a positive challenger and then there's a negative challenger, uh, but you need a challenger and a challenger's out there really just driving. Um, a lot of, I remember seeing a stat where uh, the majority of uh, US CEOs sit as a number eight. It just happens to be a high number, both male and female. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine um, is the peacemaker, right? It's the opportunity. And I think there may be another term for it, nine besides peacemaker, but I, I can't Usually remember. Usually it's the peacemaker. Usually it's the peace. Harmon- harmony. <laughs> harmony like is key. So just to give you a rundown, as we're talking about the different numbers, what they mean, um, how they're categorized, there's three major buckets around heart, mind, and feel. Uh, and so, you know, just to give you a backdrop of what that is. It might also be important too, to talk about how um, the Enneagram is like a graph and there are lines between them. So 
different numbers are connected in different ways. So you can take on the characteristics of a number that you're connected to when you're feeling at your best and also when you're Love under it. stress. Love it. Yep. Mark, let's start with you. I know a lot of uh, in the workshop, you gave uh, a little bit of background, like, like this is what it is and what it's yeah. not. Dig into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Enneagram is, um, has some kind of ancient roots where it's been around for a long time and um, came into some popularity, uh, I guess, resurfaced some popularity in the 70s, I think. Um, internationally and then came to the U.S. But I, from, from my perspective, and I think all of ours, it's a tool. It's not perfect. It is not a Huge point. definition of who you are as a person. Um, it's a way to create a common language to do some self-reflection, um, build some empathy, and understand where other people are coming from and how they're different from you. Um, and really, it's, it's a tool that you can choose to pick up and use. Um, and if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, there's other tools you can use. All of the different personality tests have value in different ways. I wouldn't say we think the Enneagram is better or um, that other tests are worse, but it's the one that we've landed on. Sure. Um, I think the important thing for us was finding something that was common yeah. that we could use yeah. more broadly to have a larger discussion among our team. And so this is the one we ended up landing on. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. I mean, this is the one you landed on because you need you do need a common language. And one of the things we saw and and Britt, I know you and I talked about this, the diversity here at Beth, we, had, we were all over the wheel. Mm-hmm. It was spread out beautifully. And and that is what you want. Yeah. That is what you want. If we were lopsided, you would think, are we just, are we really getting all the types of different talent and mindsets and approach to life that we need? But when you look at that wheel and we've had, again, 170 folks and they've put their their initials on that wheel, um, I've, I've showed people outside the company and they're like, that is the most diverse wheel I've ever seen. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, to me, that's a powerful thing. And then there are some names there where you're like, whoa, I would have never thought they were a, you know, X number. And then when you get to know them a little bit more, you're like, that's exactly what they are. <laughs> uh, and we've done some one off. So, so Britt, talk about, you know, when you, when you give people and you've been doing this a lot longer than I have and looking at the Enneagram, when somebody says something, cause I've heard some people say, yeah, I'm not a real big fan of it or anything. What do you say? I mean, what are the, what are the ways you kind of give it some credibility or have utilized it or defend it or whatever it is? Give me some, give me a little bit of that. Yeah. I, so I'm, I tend to be really skeptical of personality mm. tests just in general. Um, I, I find that even things that aren't supposed to change, change for me all the time. So like, I don't know that I've ever taken a Myers-Briggs and gotten the same, same answer. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. or even Strengths Finder, the one that's not supposed to change. And you only have to mm-hmm. take it once. Lies. <laughs> like every time I take it is different. Um, but the, my Enneagram style has, has stayed consistent f- throughout the course of my life. And I think the, the interesting thing to me about the Enneagram is it's almost easier to kind of go back into sort of childhood memories and kind of think about patterns um, because you should grow and develop as a person. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that your your core style has changed. It means that you've learned how to adapt and how to grow in areas where you weren't originally strong. Sure. Like that's, that's just growth and development. Um, but your default reactions to things um, your default worldviews and perspectives about things. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what the Enneagram is trying to get at more than like, how do you show up at work? Um, right. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, I think the styles themselves have some stereotypes, I think, that that can be placed upon them just mm-hmm. for the sake of like trying to 
get an introduction to it and yeah. understand it. Um, but like Doc was saying, like he's a two. I, I maybe I would have expected because I have a, you know a, a leaning towards art that I might be more of a four or want to be more of yeah. a four and those types of things. But yeah. really, it's um, it's just your your perspective and your default reactions and yeah. um, and understanding that I think has been really useful. Uh, to build empathy with yeah, other yeah. people to say, oh, well, the thing that is a natural response for me right. doesn't m- make it the natural response. Right. It doesn't make it for everyone. And mm-hmm. and that's the piece that I've started to realize because you, you mentioned, you know, where you're at in your core. The piece that I've started to see as I work with individuals one-on-one, the thing I've started is they have felt like they needed to be a three. Mm-hmm. Or in my work setting, I need to be a three. But a lot of times we talk about you can't be at your most confident level if you're something or trying to be something that you're you're truly not at your core. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And yeah. and I remember one of the um, one of the ladies I, I've worked with. It was just I have to be a three in her work setting. And then she said, "But I'm a two, so it's very you know I, I get exhausted because of it." And and I think that's the other piece too. You know, everybody and I think Meth has done a great job of this. Bring your whole self to work. It just be you. Uh, we hired you for you. We didn't hire you to be a number that you think you should be. Mm-hmm. We hired you to be you. And I think people come off a lot more genuine and less exhausted and more of truly who they are uh, because all all nine of those numbers are great, right? It's, yeah. it's not like there's a negative one. Oh, I can't be a this. Uh, sure you can. And and that's okay. And the tendencies you have, uh, I was working recently with a couple of folks who did the workshop that wanted to do some one-on-one work. And it took them a while to kind of narrow down. And Britt, you and I talked about, we hate the questions you answer and they tell you what it is. No, read, do your research. And they narrow down and say, you know, that is what I am. I didn't think I could be that, but yeah, I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and that makes sense to me. So mm-hmm. doc, talk about that a little bit. I mean, have you, have you seen that? Have you felt that people kind of masking or trying to be something, or have you tried to be something? Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, like you said, method is sort of one of the two places that I've worked at where there was an invitation and a comfort in being more mm-hmm. of who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in other, you know, corporate settings is, tend to be like, you have to show up as this mm-hmm. type of a thing. Um, it's, yeah, I definitely would say, again, to Brittany's your point about shifting and taking a Myers-Briggs being one thing. And, you know, a lot of those I have seen shift over the years. Um, but I think a lot of the core traits of the two have been there the entire time. They've just sort of manifested or like mm-hmm. chameleoned a little mm-hmm. bit to to fit the scenario and the situation and the people that um, I was with. Um, but yeah, I one of the things that you had touched on, Mark, was the like the labels that sometimes come with those. And yeah. one of the things like I wanted to sort of touch on early on is that the Enneagram, like understanding it is not a a way of go around and labeling people like, Oh, you do that because right. you're Correct. this yeah. or, Correct. or an excuse for you to lean into negative traits. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is a more like, Hey, be aware of this for yourself yeah. so that yeah. you don't go to the edge and just be like, nah, this is just me. Yo. And yeah. It can't be an excuse. No. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and that's a huge point to grab, right? Cause understanding, and that was one of the big things that came out in the workshop was also know the, 
the downsides or the negatives or what you respond to, like each one of the numbers, number two, as I am as well, doc is pride. You know, a number two doesn't like to be criticized or doesn't like to be, um, uh, disagreed with or not recognized for the work they've done. And at, and at the moment you start to realize that you're like, I do do that. But, but then it's studying further. How do you, how do you get around that? How do you make sure that you're aware of that and you cover that? Or if I wasn't a two, but I understood it, I would realize that if you give a two some recognition of what they did, they will go through a wall for you. And so knowing that is important. So yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think it's, it's that awareness level. The other part, Mark, you and I have talked about this before where you're not all it, right? There are pieces right. of it yeah. that you have. And we've talked about ones in our lives, mm -hmm. right? And, and we've talked about the great benefits of ones and then ones also acting as the different pieces of them or other numbers. Talk about that a little bit because there's also a, you know, my wing and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think you've been really good at, at understanding what that means. So talk about that a little bit so everybody gets a sense. Yeah. I mean, also a little bit of the, like, you know, living into what you think you could be. Um, my dad is a strong Enneagram one. And I would say I probably spent most of my childhood thinking that that's what I was supposed to be. That was mm. how I was supposed to act. That right. was how I was supposed to think about different situations. And it, and it always felt like I was failing. It always felt like I was trying to do something that I just couldn't do. Yeah. And it was wondering like, why can't I do it? Um, and it, the reality is, cause that's not me. That, it's not that's you. not who I am. And, you know, as I became an adult and was further and further away from kind of living in my parents' house, um, I started to realize like, oh, no, like I do think about things differently. Um, I do have a different perspective than my dad. Yeah. That was me trying to, you know, some kind of like classic psychology thing of like earn my dad's favor or sure. something like that by doing sure. that. But um, that really is, um, that had a big impact on me. And you know, as I've taken the Enneagram test a couple times, like I do see, like I score highly as a one, but it is actually going down um, as over, over time as I've taken it, mm. um, which is interesting because my mind shift, my mindset is shifting away from that some. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. There are things about my dad that he taught me through that, that are important that I'm probably always going to hold on to. Yeah. Um, because those are the formative years of my life. Um, and you know, my hope is that I can hold on to the good things and let go of some of the bad habits that can come along with that. Yeah. Yeah. The pros and cons of it for sure. And, and it's tough to know them without really studying yourself. Mm -hmm. It's tough to know them without and being honest with yourself. And that was the other part that I started seeing more people being honest. You can look at the numbers and be like, I wish I was this. Yeah. yeah that um, one sounds but, great. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> yeah. three sounds like it. We should all be three, <laughs> but the being honest with yourself and, and understanding that the benefit you're bringing is incremental to any other number. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the workshops we talk about, you need every number. Yeah. I wish, I wish on a, on a project group project, you had all nine because that would actually be amazing because it, you start filling in, gaps and types and approaches and thought people around us getting to know more of their different styles. Um, the more I realize how different every is, everybody is, the more I realize just because I don't understand how they're thinking doesn't mean it's wrong, right? <laughs> because the reality is they're coming from different lenses and it's given me an appreciation of how people take, um, criticism, mm -hmm. how people communicate. We, we focused on in our communicational intelligence, uh, section with Allison Lucas, around in the Enneagram, different numbers have blind spots when it comes to communication. So let's talk about people around us. 
Uh, what have you learned, uh, Mark? I know you do a lot of the Enneagram work with your teams. Mm-hmm. How have you approached people differently now that you've known? Yeah, um, I, it is an exercise I like to do with people that are my direct reports is we'll, um, if they're not familiar with the Enneagram, we'll talk about it a little bit. And then um, if they're open to it, uh, have them take an assessment and then we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the results. And um, what that does for me is it helps me to understand a little bit more about how they're going to be able to hear feedback. Um, and this is something I go over with all our employees when they join is when we give feedback, it's not a, we, we avoid the idea of like being honest with your feedback. I, I, I say we want to have, we want to have candor. Um, yeah, specifically not to say honesty because honesty turns into some kind of brutal honesty. And yeah. that is the feedback. I said the feedback and now my part is done. Right. And as someone's manager, your part is far from over <laughs> when you give feedback to somebody. And so I want to use the Enneagram as a tool for me to better know, okay, how can I communicate this effectively to put them in a position to yeah. take action and learn and grow and develop from this? Yeah. Um, and so um, everybody that I, that's reported me has really been really open to it. And um, it's been helpful both for a personal development aspect for them typically, but also um, it helps me to better understand them and better um, help them move towards where they want to be um, both as a person and in their career and method. Yeah. And there was a, there was a quote by Jimmy Johnson he used to be an NFL and a college coach. He said, I treat all my players the same different, right? That's a, that's a big statement mm-hmm. to have. And you have to know what makes them tick, how they hear things. Again, communication doesn't matter what you say or what you write. It's how it's received. Mm-hmm. And so understanding how the different, um, the different numbers receive yeah. information. I also think, um, so it's been it was fun going through the workshops and having um, Ashley part of those because she and I, you know, work with the same client. We're on that same Very team. Cool. And um, it's been um, fun to kind of unpack that together. And it helps me knowing the styles of the different people um, on that team has been useful. And I find myself thinking about it and picking up on cues differently and noticing a little bit faster um, when people might be under stress or when people might be um, excited about their work and uh, just kind of help helping me support folks better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think it, it, we we were talking about type envy and, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because Ashley um, always talks about, so she's a six and the six is a very um, planning focused, like you have plans on plans on plans on plans for all of the different things that could possibly go wrong, you know, worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. work backwards. Plan B, C, D. Right. Um, And so I'm a nine. And so the six and the nine are connected. Um, When a six is at feeling their best, they sort of pick up traits of the nine. And when the nine is under stress, they pick up traits of the six. And so it's been interesting for Ashley and I to work together. Um, she's like, I don't understand why, why, why nines like us. Because the funny, the other funny thing is that she's married to a nine and I'm married to a six. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like, it, it just seems like it would stress you guys out to like yeah. always be around people who are like at your stress point. I'm yeah. like, actually, no, I find it very relieving because I don't have to have all the plans right. on plans on like that. That's that keeps me away from right. that place. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that, that's been fun. Yeah. And, and you hit on, you know, the opportunity, especially when you're building teams or put on teams, knowing others may have your weak spot 
and knowing others rely on you for their weak spot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. We do jump into uh, projects sometimes without doing this due diligence, especially with clients. You know, I see it with a few different new clients we have where all of a sudden we start working. Well, we don't really know them yet. We don't know how they communicate. Right. We don't know how they tick. We don't know the type they are. You know, we get frustrated because they're overanalyzing, but we're not mm-hmm. understanding, you know. And so sometimes I think taking that and getting that understanding, not just with our internal family, but when we start locking in with clients, they become a pseudo family. And so taking the time, even if they're not used to this, they're going to see the benefit of it fairly quickly and building that foundation of knowing thyself and knowing mm-hmm. people around me, yeah. that everything else is going to go smoother. And, and I, communication is what I always come out to because in business, what's more of an output than communication? Written, ver- you know, written verbal doesn't matter. And if you can get better at that and leverage each other's strengths and, and weaknesses, but knowing that beforehand, I think it's a powerful thing. I don't know if you've ex- experienced that, Doc, with different folks where you kind of jumped in and really don't know them yet um, and and probably takes too long to kind of realize there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, that, it definitely. And some people mask mm. either on purpose or unintentionally some of that just as a safeguard of going to see how this plays out. Sure. Type of a thing. Um, this mindset, not necessarily. But you're a two. You know how to crack that. <laughs> I try. Yeah. I try. Yeah. Um, but a mindset of like, we often hear of like, for this to work, we show up to 100% has to be given. Sure. Or, you know, I'm going to give 50%. You give 50%. I expect you to hit that. Oftentimes, we're not all firing on 100% availability. Mm-hmm. And so me showing up at 100% may look like 20% to you. Uh, interesting. And being able to sort of see and understand personalities after you get to know people, you can go, okay, something's off. Yeah. Or um, how can I come alongside yeah. you type of a thing um, and be able to lean in and help and then, together you collectively still are able to get to a hundred percent and you know, I'm going to have a bad day and you know, Mark, you'll, you'll have a bad day and hopefully we're You're not having the, the bad day the on the day. same day type yeah. of a thing. So that, that being able to sort of see and I, and that might be more of a two thing is being able to, to look and see, okay, you're not your normal chipper self, What's up? Doc, where I want to move into a little bit is is go back a bit. A couple of workshops and a few podcasts ago, we talked about relational intelligence. And the second component, it was build rapport. And then you had an opportunity to develop trust. Uh, and, and we talked, excuse me, you had an opportunity to understand others. And the understand others piece is what we're talking about here. Because you can't get to developing trust and cultivating influence without the understanding of others. And you, to your point, you know, coming into a, a team and taking that time, not just to understand, you know, who they are as a person, but really start to understand their, their, their style. Um, Mark, I know uh, a couple of opportunities of, of digging into things like that and having a misconception in some cases yeah. of somebody's style is important. So, you know, as we talked about relational intelligence and coming into here, you have to be able to understand others. You have to be able to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And understand others before you could, you know, develop trust and cultivate influence. So talk about that a little bit where there's been either a misconception because 
maybe we didn't take the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we definitely, um, have run into issues with project teams here at method. Um, we're people, um, most people would say the hardest part about project work is the people. Sure. Um, that's the hard people are the hardest piece of technology. Um, in my opinion, um, but you know, we had, it brings to mind this one time we had a, um, a team member that came to me that said, you know, I just, I feel like I'm not clicking with my team. Um, it feels like they're all on one side against me and I don't know what's causing it. And so, um, we talked through things a little bit, trying to figure out what's really going on. Um, and what, what it came down to was, um, the team felt like when this person voiced their opinion on things, it came across as a demand. Mm. Um, and so, and, and that's what was happening in actuality, but the team heard it as just a series of demands over and over and over again of this person is saying, you're not like, you should be doing things this way. They thought they were saying, what if you did something this way and was posing it as a question, but their natural communication style was more statement oriented, more statement oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we actually use the Enneagram um, in that situation to help explain to the individual, like, hey, so you're an eight, you're a challenger. Um, your natural tendency is going to be voicing things as statements, and you're expecting other people to challenge them back. And the way you see things as being resolved is you escalate the, until the conflict is resolved. That's right. how eights approach problems. Um, and it could be good. It could be bad. It's fast. That's the thing that the eights like is that it, it, yeah. it ends up resolving more quickly. Um, <laughs> but for, for this individual, they, um, they're like, I, I, you know, I didn't mean to. Like, I, obviously, I would never tell someone what they should be doing in their job. Um, and so when we were able to sit down and talk with the team and with this individual about it, it created space to have a new view on how we communicate together right. as a team. Um, and they were able to then, you know, move forward and work effectively together as a team from that point. Yeah. And, and for an eight, you know, adding, helping an eight add the, the simple statement of, and if anybody else has got a better idea, a different thought, let's throw it out there. Yeah. Right? And it, it, it just simply like, yeah. just to open up the door as opposed to here's the door. Yeah. And what we, and really what it did was, you know, they realistically didn't change the way they're communicating. They tried, they were a little bit more conscious of it. Sure. Things were, they're like, Oh, like, obviously I'm not telling you to do that, but like, and there'd be fumbling through trying to grow and develop as a person and uh, communicate more effectively. But it also cracked the door open on the other side of what if they don't mean it that way? Can yeah. I give them the benefit of the yeah. doubt here? Yeah. Um, uh, great if, you, call. if you can't give other people on your team the benefit of the doubt and start working on building that trust as a team, you're yeah. just never going to be an effective team together. Right. And you're going to hear it wrong every time. Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. But anything kind of building on yeah. that. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing to me about eights, and I have several eights in my life, is they, they tend to frequently think of themselves when they think of like, oh, who I am as a person is mm-hmm. more of a two because that's their high point. And so an yeah. eight as a challenger, right? They, 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 they pride themselves on being the protectors. And mm-hmm. so if you're in the inner circle of an eight, mm-hmm. you experience them as a two. And so as a, as a team leader Correct. or as a friend, um, there, there's a tender underbelly to an eight that that hard shell is protecting. Um, and so, you know, uh, an, an eight who is, who feels that they need to protect you and stand up for you is going to run through the wall yeah. for you and, yes. and make sure to kind of box out on your behalf and, right. and those types of things. And so and it, challenge other and people so it against, almost yeah. hurts them worse mm-hmm. yeah. when, when they're being perceived as 
the enemy or, right. you know, those yeah. types of things. And, and so I could see why <laughs> they would come to you and be like, oh, my God, I feel like it's me against the team. And that is not at all right, what I'm right, going right. for. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. But like, like flip that table on it. I'm a two. And at my worst point, I'm an eight. I'm a bad eight. Um, and and a lot of it has to do with, you know, if you if you don't recognize the help as a two is giving. Now I just became an eight. Now we're just, now I'm going to command. <laughs> now we're just going to fight. Like, I, I mean, now we're, you know, now I'm going to go. Um, and so it's the opposite of it. It's interesting. And those two numbers are very tired. There's a lot of research around those two numbers and, and, the, and the back and forths and mm. uh, the tendencies. And, and some people that, you know, when I was working at other companies, I felt like I always had to be an eight. Mm-hmm. When deep down inside, I'm like, man, I'm a two. I am not comfortable in this in this environment as an eight. So, it's interesting those flip sides of it. And and Mark, to your to your point in the story, just the team understanding that it okay. could be heard wrong or different, or yeah. just you know something you said earlier, Doc, was important. You know, we did a, a great session workshop I, I did with MG on what got you here won't get you there. And and one of the traits is, well, that's just me. I'm always late. Mm-hmm. that's not good. You can't hide behind the negatives. Well, it's right. just yeah. me. Yeah. No, no, relax. You know, it's, it, you can adjust that for the right and the betterment of it. But I love, I love that, yeah. the knowing of the other. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think you have done, Mark, a better job than I have is being able to investigate all of the other types and all the other persons. So I investigated all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Um, Deep dive, baby. It was I thought I had done a good job of sort of understanding where everyone was at. Um, and as I listened to you talk, I was like, I have not done my research. And I think that's a tendency of humans in general, just to sort of like, oh, this is me. This is like that search to understand who you are, how you show up type of a thing. And we stop there and we don't go that extra mile yeah. of understanding so-and-so communicates differently than I do. They hear my communication differently than I'm intending it. Yes. How do I now learn to communicate with the other eight yeah. types? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where the money is. It, yeah. Doc, you're, you're well, well said. And I think the know thyself is the first step, right? But know all the rest of the selves <laughs> is just as important yeah. piece. And, and you're not going to be, I mean, we're all not, you know, we don't have the time to read micro expressions and, and all these different things. But the reality of at least an appreciation to your point, Doc, of how you communicate to each of them, because if you do have a sense of the folks around you, you'll know the adjustments you have to make. Mm-hmm. You'll know the written adjustments, the verbal adjustments um, yeah. and the anticipated, you know, uh, expectations. And I think that's where the power is. And so for everybody that's listening, that's done, you know, the Enneagram and knowing who you are, study the rest of them too, because, and how you interact with them, Britt, to your point, how you become, you know, the other in, in certain instances, because that's, that's where the power of it is. And, and that gets away from, you know, I'm an ENFJ, right? It gets away from the labeling and gets more to the understanding of yeah. holistically all of it. And I think that's where the power is. And that's where we, we show up different, you know, in one of the series we talked about, um, that's what makes method different and unique because we start with humans and we start with relationships and we start with the understanding of the differentiation and diversification of us. And so the more collectively the 300 plus of us can put to that and know the importance of it, there's no AI going to take that over. 
right? That's mm-hmm. human. That's human yeah. uh, ability to understand. I can't see that replicated yet, right? I don't see that being replicated when you talk about skills of the future, right? You start picking up these empathetic approaches to understanding your whole crew and at method, all nine is represented. That's an important piece. And mm-hmm. so I like that you said that. And, and I think that is an extremely important uh, component. Let's give give some recommendations out to people. Like what what are some of the things that they can do from here going forward? Are there certain books? Are there certain ways? Are there certain tactics? Uh, utilization of tool, Mark, I know you've used it mm-hmm. a bunch. Like give some recommendations to people that are listen. Like maybe they got to the point now and they say, you know, I love this. I haven't dug into it much or I have dug into a little bit, but you've got me excited about it. What recommendations would you all give to them? Man, um, the road back to you. I'm totally blanking mm-hmm. on the, the author's name. Ian Michael Cron. That sounds that sounds right. The road back to you. I'll trust the investigator. <laughs> Love it. Love I it. listened to it twice on Audible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> of course um, yeah. But like a practical thing that I think, Brittany, you touched on is if you – are in a meeting and you see something and you can't stop at that moment, being able to like make a note and say, I need to check back in with so-and-so and be like, help me understand the look that I saw. Like, are you okay? Did something upset you? And mm, that, like that comes with a lot of practice because you could sort of acknowledge mm-hmm. like something's up and then you're on to the next thing type right. of thing. But I think that will great call. show whoever you're talking to, like there's an actual care that they're yeah. wanting to invest and understand a potential different point of view yeah. I like than, it. than is presented. And it I is like sometimes it. hard, I think, to stop because, you know, we all have like deadlines and things move fast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I think, Mark, you said this earlier, um, everything we do, even in digital, is is really about the humans. And mm-hmm. so there is no problem that isn't really in the end, uh, a people problem. And there is no solution that in the end is not a people solution. Um, and so if, if, if we can do better at supporting each other, um, and picking up on those tiny cues and in our clients or in our teams, um, the better off everybody is going to be. Um, as far as recommendations, my favorite Enneagram book is the big blue one. I don't even remember what it's called. The big blue one. The big blue um, one. It's so look called, that it's, up on Amazon. It's yeah, called just, the big... just Google that. <laughs> I think it's called the wisdom of the Enneagram. I think that is exactly right. Yes. 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 She pulled it. <laughs> love it. The wisdom of the Enneagram. Yeah. That's my favorite one. I love it. Yeah. And there was one, I think that that was written off of that. And I don't, it was a smaller version, but it was the wisdom of the Enneagram at work and the wisdom of Enneagram family, right? Yeah. There's <laughs> a couple of different buckets of it, but yes, I agree with you. And it does give you a really good sense of how the numbers interact. Yeah. I remember that mm-hmm. being a part of it. Mark, any, any specific ones? Yeah. Uh, the road back to you. Um, definitely. Um, one of my favorites, um, Suzanne Stabile, who is a co-author on that, um, also wrote the path between us, mm. um, which is kind of takes a, takes a less of here's who I see the road back to you is kind of that know thyself piece Mm -hmm. of it. And you can learn about the other side, the other types as well. Um, which was really helpful, um, for me. Um, the paths between us starts talking about like, how do you make connections with the other types? And so it goes through each of the nine types and talks about how they interact with the others in different, in a work relationship, in a, Mm -hmm. um, in a romantic relationship and things like that. And, um, that started, I would say that's like the 201 course kind of thing uh, <laughs> that it felt like. Um, but that was a really, uh, really great book as well as I started to think about, um, you know, as a five, like how do, what are my default 
um, how am I projecting my default expectations onto other people in relationships and which types does that come across more? Which types am I going to be submissive to their type and things like that? Um, that was really helpful to help kind of help me think a little bit deeper about all those relationships. I love it. And you know, the other piece that I would say with this is it's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the more we, the more we read about it, the more we use it, um, it gets better. And, and, you know, this is kind of a domino effect too. If, if an individual starts to dig into this a little bit more, the muscle gets stronger, they're utilizing it. Others around them will start utilizing it. And I think that's going to be a contagious thing mm-hmm. because there's, there can't be a downside to knowing yourself more. There can't be a downside to knowing your family around you more, both professional family and personal family. So uh, to me, there's not a negative. It's time, right, that is is against us in some cases. But I think it's a great use of time. I think it will be exponential as as the more folks dig into it and the muscles get built out. Uh, It can only help. You know, this ties into a lot of the human development series that we've been covering. A lot of it is muscle. You know, focusing on how to, you know, continue to build relationships as a muscle, the filter quality workshop we did and the podcast we did on protecting your time and not responding to everything. It's all muscles. And so the more we use it, the better. But any other any other last thoughts you have? Yeah, kind of just reiterating, like this is a tool that you can choose to use. Um, uh, We've used it uh, in performance improvement plans for employees um, when we realized that ultimately this is a. Um, self-awareness type of issue. Yeah. Um, we'll leverage that. And so, um, you know, it is a, like, if you want to grow and develop, you do need to learn a little bit about yourself before you can start investing and in learning about That's how you call. learn effectively, learning about the your tendencies before you jump into a new effort um that's going to be really beneficial for you I like i like the sequence of that yeah doc anything else um i was gonna say as far as like getting to know other people if you're naturally inclined to sort of be like i'm going to check in on so and so if if you're not normally inclined to do that make a note on your calendar and just sort of like hey this month i'm going to check up on so and so and then progress to maybe like a Every week, I'm going to check on, check in on somebody type of thing, just to get you in the habit of yeah. thinking about your your team. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to end it there. Uh, a lot more to come on the human development series, and I appreciate everybody's time. And now let's go, you know, figure it out as our own number and who we are. So thank you, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you need more method in your life, you can always find us on social. And don't forget to check out any of our monthly tech talks. They're available both in person and virtual. We would love for you to be a part of those. You can find out more information about them on social media as well as on our website. Keep your ears open. We'll be back with another episode soon. But until then, don't forget to stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.